0: Hey folks, Hyrulean here, and welcome back to the Switched Podcast. And no, the title is not clickbait. I sent back my Steam Deck for repairs. And today, we're going to go over what it was like to get my Steam Deck repaired, as well as a bunch of impressions now that I've had my replacement Steam Deck for well over a month. In addition to that, at the end of the episode as well, I'm going to throw in some more indie game recommendations. So if you're in the market for some new games to play, definitely either stick around until the end, or maybe just skip to the end if you don't care about the Steam Deck, because these indie games are great even if you're not playing them on a Steam Deck, so that part's definitely worth a listen no matter what. But without further ado, folks, let's get into another discussion about my Steam Deck and see if I had some better experiences with my second Steam Deck than my first one. In my first episode about the Steam Deck, I went into this very long-winded explanation about everything the Steam Deck was and every single spec about the Steam Deck. I'm not going to go that far in depth for this episode since this one's kind of a follow-up and if you want to hear about all that kind of stuff you can either look it up or go listen to that first episode. Uh, But I do have some new things to talk about when it comes to the hardware. Uh, But first a little recap in case anybody's unaware of what the Steam Deck is. So the Steam Deck is basically a portable handheld gaming PC Uh, in a similar form factor to the Nintendo Switch, released by Valve, the creators of the popular video game digital storefront Steam. And the whole idea behind the Steam Deck is it lets you take your existing PC games library you've already purchased on Steam on the go. It does have docking capabilities to, to allow the Deck to dock to a monitor or a television, But it's in a very primitive state right now, and only third-party options are available. The official dock is not out yet, and it has been delayed. But, despite that, I do have some impressions on using the Steam Deck with an external monitor, and I wanted to share those thoughts first. So, what is it actually like to use a Steam Deck on an external monitor? Right now, I'm not going to lie, very very primitive. You plug the Steam Deck in and it usually works. I'd say about 90% of the time first try plugging it in. Sometimes you have to unplug and replug in order to get it to work nicely. And again, this is my experience. It's possible that my adapter has a different sort of compatibility than others. Uh, But basically, once I plug it in, It's more or less plug-and-play. All of the USB ports on my adapter work. The HDMI port on my adapter works, and I'm able to just go ahead and start playing with a keyboard and mouse or a connected Bluetooth controller on a bigger screen. The caveat asterisk with that is, if I'm in game mode, then the Steam Deck normally only outputs 720p basically the closest resolution to the actual Steam Deck without having black bars, and sometimes there even are black bars. I've kind of found it to be fairly inconsistent. Some games will change resolution to be 720p, others will stay in the Steam Deck's screen resolution for some reason, and it kind of varies from game to game. But I can confirm that SteamOS's game mode does actually switch over to 720p, or possibly higher. It's kind of hard to tell because you have no option as of right now to change the output resolution. Hopefully that comes down the line when they release the official Steam Deck dock, Um, because honestly... It's been very hit or miss for me. I plugged the Steam Deck into my 4K television in my bedroom. And, again, this could be because of my adapter, but it was freaking the fuck out. And what ended up happening at the end of the day is it had a very small, presumably 720p rectangle in the top left corner. I didn't experiment with it too much further than that but it seems kind of like the Steam Deck did not want to properly scale up to my television or my television did not want to properly scale the Steam Deck's output image so that could be a problem on a multiple different fronts but it's definitely not as plug and play as the Switch is for example um, but alas I still kind of messed around with this some more it works perfectly fine with my second 1080p monitor that I have sitting on my desk, so that's great for me, and I can kind of load up some games on there and play them while I'm rendering a YouTube video on my main PC or watching a YouTube video on my main PC without having to worry about performance issues and stuff like that, which is nice. Um, and in addition to that, sound seems to be working perfectly fine automatically, you know, and other than that if you're willing to deal with kind of weird resolutions and not necessarily the sharpest image quality then it works good enough i think it's the kind of thing where if you're the kind of person who wants to sit at a desk and have your steam deck constantly plugged in and use it with a keyboard and mouse and then only unplug it on the rare occasions that you actually go somewhere, it'll work perfectly fine for that. Because if I didn't have a gaming PC, I can tell you right now, that would be how I would be using my Steam Deck. But that being said, there is still a lot left to cover when it comes to docking the Steam Deck because it's an entirely different story in desktop mode and honestly i think game mode is going to be kind of subpar up until we end up getting the official steam deck docking station but in desktop mode you do actually get some different features you don't get in game mode including being able to pick the resolution for your monitor that you have the steam deck plugged into and for me what was nice about that is i actually managed to get my steam deck to output to my 1080p monitor that i have for my main screen and i even got it to drive it at 120 hertz which was insane and for general desktop navigation and stuff like that this worked very very well and it provided me with a very smooth experience Um, That was very fun and nice to use and easy on the eyes and super smooth. And as long as you're not trying to game at anything super crazy as far as refresh rate goes, having it set high to just kind of navigate the internet and all that is really, really nice. Um, But that being said, when you're playing on a screen in desktop mode, you are actually going to be putting significantly more strain on your steam deck depending on what your display is like my 1080p monitor is a little bit better than the screen on the steam deck it's still an ips but as far as resolution and refresh rate go it's moderately higher and i found that it cut the performance in my games so much that I was just turning down the resolution in desktop mode to 720p anyway whenever I was trying to get into a game of some sort because honestly other than that in most games it was kind of unplayable obviously your mileage will vary indie games will be great potentially I got Minecraft to work just fine at 1080p 60fps on my computer monitor, so you know that's a plus and honestly, results vary, but they vary more than you normally get with the Steam Deck, which is already quite a bit. So I just had to put that there. It's also really, really nice because when you're using the Steam Deck in desktop mode, plugged into a monitor, you can actually um, you can actually make the device's screen work as a second monitor so you could even potentially get away with doing some multitasking on the Steam Deck in desktop mode by using that Steam Deck screen as a second monitor. I honestly just love the idea of streaming on the Steam Deck and using the tiny screen as your OBS and your chat view It would be so small, but it would honestly be just about, like, still big enough that it would be usable. And then stream on your monitor with, like, your monitor as your main game screen. I think that would be really, really sweet. I definitely want to try that out at some point. Honestly, though, I think when Valve gives the Steam Deck some updates to make outputting to monitors a little more usable presumably around the time when they actually release the docking station, that's when it's truly going to be worth it to me. And right now, it's kind of like a, if you have a use for it, I'd say go for it, but otherwise save your money kind of thing. Uh, But if I didn't mention it already, there were reports that third-party USB-C Dongles that allowed you to output to HDMI were bricking Steam decks. That turned out to be a software issue, and Valve actually released a patch that fixed it, and I haven't heard anybody complain about it in a really, really long time. So no worries about that. I'm using a USB-C adapter by Anchor, which is a brand that I really trust. If you search Anchor USB-C to hdmi on amazon it's called like anchor five in one or seven in one or something like that Uh, it's got the most reviews and it's around 30 to 35 dollars highly recommend works really really well Um, but honestly most of them will work just make sure your adapter has power delivery so you can charge your steam deck while it's plugged in Because otherwise, it'll just be draining the Steam Deck's power, and I don't imagine that being super useful, especially since you're going to be drawing more power when you're plugged into a monitor anyway. Uh, But yeah, there we have it, folks. There's sort of a little update on the hardware side of things for you. But yeah. Alright, I should probably address why I ended up sending my Steam Deck back to Valve. So without further ado, let's get into that. So basically, if you recall from the first Steam Deck episode, I talked about how there were all these different potential hardware defects that you could have with a Steam Deck. And I went down the list and kind of just said if mine was experiencing that one or not. And basically what we ended up discovering was my B button was sticking. It wasn't getting completely stuck down but it was catching on the shell of the Steam Deck every so often to the point where it was frustrating but it was not a deal breaker to the point where I wanted to risk sending my Steam Deck back to Valve. And what ended up happening from there, I even said that it started getting better, which was true. It actually stopped catching as much and it became less and less frequent. But then all of a sudden it got replaced with a significantly worse issue. And that issue was it actually getting stuck down. So basically rather than fairly frequently sticking into the case a little bit, it was fully getting stuck down fairly infrequently but one night it happened when I was playing my Steam Deck a little bit before I went to bed and then I managed to like get it to pop back out of the case and I was playing a little bit longer and it happened again about 30 minutes later and I was just immediately like nope and so I immediately submitted an RMA request and sent my Steam Deck back to Valve for repairs And I'm going to get into the whole story of that as well, but first I also wanted to mention the only other defect I was having was I did get the bad fan. In my first Steam Deck coverage, I mentioned that I had the impression that I had gotten the good fan, but after using it for a while longer and actually taxing the Steam Deck, I've discovered that it's possible that I actually did have the bad fan, I just wasn't running it hot enough in order to actually notice it yet. Uh, But that being said, my replacement Steam Deck did end up having an even louder fan, so that was a bit of a bummer to see. Uh, But let's talk about how I got that replacement Steam Deck. So basically, the RMA request went in on a Monday, or went in on a Sunday night, and I dropped off my Steam Deck at FedEx. On a Monday morning after, and the only FedEx drop off near me was a Dollar General. So I brought it there, and the workers there had like no clue this was even a service that their store offered. They were like so confused. So they had to call up the manager, and the manager is like, Yeah, underneath the counter is this scanner, and like you have to scan the package, and then you can give them a receipt, and they're good to go. Neither of the employees there had actually done it before. So that was really funny. Um, And I taught them something new. And then as soon as I handed over my Steam Deck box, they literally took it, scanned it, and then put it on the floor. And it lived on the floor until it was picked up from the Dollar General later that same day. Um, And what ended up happening from there was about a week went by. And Monday, exactly a week later, rolled around and I saw that my Steam Deck had been shipped, and it was on its way back to me. At the time, I didn't know if I was going to be getting the same Steam Deck back, or if I was going to be getting a brand new one. I did end up getting a new one, but I don't know if it was necessarily brand new. Uh, But basically, it shipped out, and so I was expecting it back in like the next two or three days or so, because when my Steam Deck actually shipped from Valve, It only took about three days to arrive due to my proximity to uh, where they actually shipped them out of and about five or six days went by and i checked the tracking information on the fedex website and i found that my steam deck was in charlottesville north carolina and i was like what the hell that's basically halfway across the country out of the way from where I live and I was really really confused and so I went on reddit looking for answers and I posted all of my information about it like where it was going and roughly where it was supposed to be going and I asked I was like hey this is like out of the way by quite a bit is this normal and some cocky motherfucker on reddit wore his little high hat and he was like um actually yes please stop posting about this bullshit I have shipped laptops around the country for my business for five years and if the FedEx depot nearest to you is busy and they don't have enough people to package and process your packages, they'll send it to a different depot. It's fine. It's normal. And I was like, okay, thanks a lot, douchebag. And lo and behold, it was not normal. About two days passed after that and it said item delayed delivery time unknown which was really scary because even when it arrived in Charlottesville North Carolina it said it was going to be delivered that Wednesday night I was like there's no fucking way I ended up getting it the next Monday because what happened was eventually they realized they screwed up and sent it on like the wrong like van or something and they had to ship it all the way back to Valve's distribution center which by the way is in Carroll Stream Illinois and then all the way back to me so I ended up getting it on Monday instead and the box looked like it had been through hell I was really really worried actually Um, but alas when I opened it up I did find that my steam deck was in there my replacement one and it was perfectly fine it was good to go it was sealed it had the tag and everything so you know all was well And I immediately turned it on and checked for any potential defects. All of the buttons felt good and were not sticking in any way, shape, or form, and that's still true now, which is about a month later. Um, And, like, none of the sticks were weird or anything like that. There were only two things that I noticed with my Steam Deck, my replacement one, that were kind of unoptimal, but they're even less of a worry point than the... uh, than the button was before so no worries there basically there's two things you can tell somebody opened up my steam deck because when I grip it tightly you can hear the plastic on the on the part where like it separates from the front shell and the back shell creaking a little bit which I've heard is pretty common if uh, somebody puts it back together and it doesn't clip quite right or it bends the clips a little bit but functionally it's perfectly fine and you know the fact that i squeeze it and it creaks a little bit is not a huge issue to me and then the other thing and i'm not entirely sure if i'm correct on this or not is i think i have a very small amount of screen backlight bleed it's kind of hard to tell and it's not on every screen there's only certain screens where the screen's like all black where I can see the tiniest bit of light poking through around the outside of the screen. But on other all-black screens, I don't see that. So I almost wonder if it's a side effect of, like, the color of black a game is using or something like that. Not fully confirmed, but again, not a deal breaker because it's not noticeable at all, unless if it's an all-black screen. And it's so much more minor than the backlight bleed I've seen on other people's Steam decks. I'm not even worried about it. So I'm willing to deal with a little plastic creaking and a little bit of screen bleed possibly in order to have this deck. Because this deck has been significantly more usable and significantly better. And it's such a game changer because I was like in my head super hung up on the b button sticking down so i was being extra careful with the face buttons and what i ended up doing was making me enjoy playing the games on the steam deck less because i was focusing on making sure i wasn't like being rough with the steam deck significantly more but now it's fine and i'm able to just kind of enjoy it which has been really really nice and i've been able to kind of take my mind off the whole defect situation and just straight up enjoy my Steam Deck for what it is. And honestly, I'm willing to deal with the possible backlight bleed and a little bit of creaky plastic because my monitor has backlight bleed and creaky plastic is such a small issue. It's like I'm just nitpicking at this point. And realistically, if I wanted to, I could probably pop the back off and resnap it on and it would probably fix it, but I'm kind of just scared to touch the inside of my Steam Deck at this point because I don't want it to break in any way, because I really don't want to have to go without it for another two weeks, so it is what it is. I'm sure eventually I'll pop it open to replace that fan, because the fan is quite a bit louder on this model, but as I mentioned before, I mostly play emulated games and indie games that don't ramp up the fan too much on my Steam Deck, so... It really hasn't been too big of an issue, but your results may vary. It seems like I've been seeing less and less stuff about defects, though, on the Steam Deck subreddit, so presumably these models that are getting out a couple months later than mine are significantly higher quality, and they're kind of coming off the factory floor less effective than they were for the first couple months there so i think if you were a quarter three-year you probably ended up getting pretty lucky and your steam deck's probably going to be pretty good quality wise but yeah overall fairly good news here having a lot better luck with this second replacement steam deck and things have been a lot more usable and less buggy well i guess buggy is not exactly the right word because hardware isn't buggy Uh, But it's been a lot more consistent quality wise, and I feel a lot more comfortable recommending the Steam Deck from a hardware quality standpoint than I did when I made my first initial impressions podcast. Unfortunately, even though Valve has updated Steam OS multiple times since I've gotten my Steam Deck, the user experience is still not perfect i mentioned in the previous podcast episode how when i would go through my different tabs it would like really 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 lag to the point where like it would freeze for a second before it would switch to the last tab and they've been doing tons and tons of updates and things but unfortunately that error that glitch is still not fixed And I thought it was possible that it might have just been my Steam Deck, but I was watching a YouTube video today actually and I saw gaming on Linux was having the same issue as me. Though he wasn't talking about it in the video, but he did happen to tab through all the way down to the non-Steam apps in his Steam Deck's library. And when he reached that screen, it did have that little hang hiccup like mine did. So it's definitely a common issue. And before I continue on talking about the SteamOS interface anymore, I should probably mention that it's possible that some of my glitches with the operating system might be caused by the fact that I use Plugin Loader, which is basically a fan-made tool that allows you to do some fancy extra stuff with your Steam Deck and it's known to cause some issues with the operating system but most of the issues I'm going to mention today were present before I even downloaded plug-in loader so there's definitely some room to be improved but some other things that have happened as far as like my software crashes and things is I had about the second week that I had my Steam Deck around right when i uploaded the first steam deck review a black screen that was so bad that i could not get my steam deck to turn off and on again until i held down the power button for a really long time and even then what really fixed it was plugging it into the power adapter once it did not want to respond until i plugged it into some sort of a charger so That was a really, really weird crash, and that was definitely the worst one I've had. I have fully crashed about five or six times in the couple months that I've had my Steam Deck now, but for the majority of the time, crashes have gotten somewhat better, and if I'm playing a verified title, I'm significantly less likely to crash now than I would have been back when I first got my Steam Deck. Um, but crashes do exist, and you should expect them if you are getting a Steam Deck, especially if you're tinkering under the hood or you're messing around with other stuff like that. The main issue for me, which I guess has been fixed in a beta update, is sometimes when I am in a game, the Steam Controller configurator does not work, and instead it shows like a picture of the Steam Controller, but it does not have any option to rebind any of the controls. So. I've heard that that was a common issue and I've heard that was fixed in a beta update so it'll be great when that beta update is pushed out to the stable updates so I can go ahead and give it a try because that's a pretty big annoyance and the only way I've been able to kind of work around it is by closing the game and reopening it or going back to the home screen and clicking the little controller icon by the game in the library um, but enough about Talking shit about SteamOS, let's talk about some of the great new features that Valve has added to SteamOS, starting off with per-game performance profiles, which is super handy because before, if you wanted to go into the Power User Advanced Settings under the Battery tab on the Steam Deck and change any of the settings to give yourself better battery life or make the game run faster in any way you had to basically change those settings around every single time you launched a game because those those settings that you applied would be applied basically to the entire steam deck so it was an all or nothing kind of thing and fortunately valve listened to community feedback and added per game performance profiles so i can set it so when i launch a specific game it changes the performance settings accordingly, which is really, really nice. And in addition to that, they've also added a couple new performance settings, including half-rate shading, which basically, I don't fully understand the technicalities behind it, but as far as I understand, I think it cuts down on like the resolution or the render quality in some way, presumably by half in order to give you a lot better battery life in some situations. It's a pretty good setting and sometimes it like adds like almost an hour to the battery life in some games So super super awesome definitely check that one out and then the big one was They added the ability to change your refresh rate of the screen, which is really really handy because basically for a simple explanation When you're playing a game on the Steam Deck it has a 60 Hertz refresh rate screen, which means 60 times a second, the screen gets a new image, and that's directly linked to your FPS. So if you're getting 60 FPS and your screen is 60 hertz, then you're getting one frame per second, the game feels perfectly smooth, really, really, really great stuff, And or not one frame per second, that would be bad. You're getting 60 frames per second, and it's being flashed on the screen 60 times a second, so it matches. And it's going to be the most smooth and like enjoyable as it possibly can be. If you cut that down to half and put a 30 FPS cap on, you're getting one frame every other refresh. So basically, like one one frame is sticking for two Hertz versus when you're running at 60 fps where it's one frame one hertz, if that makes any sense. So this is kind of a super dumbed down explanation and I might be messing up some of the technical details so please bear with me. Um, but the thing is, like, if you can't get the game to hit 60 fps, if it's like stuttering quite a bit or it's jumping up and down, you're going to notice that because your frame time is going to suffer, which means the game's going to feel choppier, you know, etc, etc, more input latency, that kind of thing. But the nice thing is now, thanks to Valve's update, we can change the refresh rate of the screen and we can set it to any value we want between 40 and 60 hertz. So that's especially useful for games that you can get to hit 40 FPS, but not all the way to 60. A good example in my case was Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild uh, running through the Wii U emulator, Cemu, uh, can usually hit anywhere between 40 and 50 FPS, but not quite that sweet spot of like 60. So I'm either stuck capping it down at 30 FPS, or with the new update, I can set it to run at 40 FPS locked and match up with my 40 hertz display. And I get that extra smoothness that you get from playing the game at a higher resolution than the Switch has. Or a higher frame rate than the Switch has, or both, um, without having to, like, worry about the fact that it's not quite hitting the full 60 FPS. Because 40 FPS does feel significantly smoother than 30 when you're running on a 40 hertz display. It's the kind of thing where I saw all these videos where people were saying like, "Yeah, 40 hertz, 40 FPS is way better than 30 FPS on 60 hertz." And I was like, how? It's 10 FPS more. Surely it's not that much better. It actually is. It's something you have to try in order to see how useful it is, really. But um, if you do have a gaming PC, you more than likely have on your graphics card either FreeSync or G-Sync. And if you have a compatible FreeSync or G-Sync monitor, it's kind of a similar idea because the way that those work... Is basically in simple terms FreeSync and G-Sync will automatically change your screen's refresh rate to match your FPS in the game to try and give you the smoothest performance possible so it's kind of like a not automatic version of that if you will but overall very very handy feature and that's in addition to things like lock screens and They made the achievements menu an actual, like, Steam Deck menu instead of it just taking you to the website for the achievements for the particular game, which is really, really nice. Um, But the store is still very hard to navigate. The library page is still laggy as fuck. There's a lot of room to, you know, have more improvements. Hopefully Valve keeps at it. They have slowed down their software updates for the Steam Deck, but it's gone from, like one every other week to more like maybe one big one every month now or maybe like one big one every couple of weeks but it's still really really nice and they're still doing a good job supporting the device and uh, desktop mode as well has been getting a little bit of attention they've made accessing the keyboard significantly easier uh, and there was this whole issue that i was having before where whenever i launched desktop mode it would basically I basically have no controls until I waited for Steam to launch and then Steam would pick up on my Steam Deck's controls and let me operate in desktop mode when that started up. But now what Valve is doing in a beta update is they're allowing the Steam Deck's controls to be detected by the Linux operating system instead, thereby giving you instant control rather than having to wait for the... uh, for the steam client to launch which is gonna be really really handy and I'm gonna be really happy when that comes out cuz that four or five seconds while you wait for steam to launch is really annoying (laughs) in all honesty it's one of the more annoying things about desktop mode Um, but in addition to that something I wanted to mention is I did run into a glitch with desktop mode at one point where I did not update my flat packs in quite a while so I had like a gigabyte worth of updates and the Discover Center just ended up freezing and I had to like go into the terminal and type in the command to manually start updating all the flat packs because for some reason the Discover Center was not triggering the updates correctly, which was kind of annoying, but that issue was fixed as soon as I punched in the flat pack update command in the terminal. But I have a feeling that anybody using a Steam Deck that's never used Linux before. Would not know how to do that so I don't consider that good experience and that's kind of a downside and that's definitely a point taken away from Valve for that even though it's probably not their fault and there's one very very significant software issue that I would be very bad to not mention Because it's a very serious problem, and it's one of the few serious problems that the Steam Deck has, in my opinion. If you know anything about the Steam Deck, you probably know that it uses tons of software wizardry in order to allow Windows games to run on Steam using the compatibility tool Proton. And the big flaw with SteamOS as an operating system and the big software flaw of the Steam Deck as a whole is the fact that when Proton is used for games, what happens is it creates a fake C drive like you'd find on a Windows computer where all of the files, like save data and things like that, four different games are stored in the correct file structure position that they would be on an actual Windows computer in order to be compatible, obviously. The problem with that is, if you have a 64 gigabyte Steam Deck like yours truly, or even if you have a bigger one but you have a lot of games, that data, that compatibility data, Is all stored on the internal storage no matter what so if you have an SD card it doesn't matter if you have the game installed on your SD card the compatibility data will still be installed on the internal storage of the Steam Deck and what I found was my internal storage was filled up to the brim and I had zero games installed on my main internal storage. And I was like, what the actual fuck? And I looked in the settings and there's a little graph that shows you like how much of your storage is being used and kind of by what. And there was a huge like 60 gigabyte yellow bar that just said other. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? So I went on Reddit and the people on the Steam Deck subreddit We're basically saying that was the case and all of the compatibility data and like the shader compilation stuff is stored on the internal storage no matter what. And the only way to bandage this and sort of mitigate it right now is by creating a SIM link between a spot on your SD card and this like two folders on your internal storage in desktop mode. And if you're not tech savvy, or you're not, like, super software savvy, you might not even know what a SimLink is. I thankfully know what a SimLink is, but even if you're not super tech savvy, it's pretty easy to set up. The idea is it's basically a virtual gate between two points on your computer's file system. You can think of it, like, from Portal 2, like a portal gun, where basically... When some software goes into a folder in one spot to look for some specific data, instead it's redirected to a different point and the software can't tell it's a different point because your computer is systematically linking those two folders in a way that they appear as the same folder in the correct location for the software. And this is a feature on Windows that I've used before, and this is a feature on Linux that I've used before. Thankfully, with the Dolphin File Manager, it's very easy. All you have to do is find the two correct folders on your internal storage in the File Manager, drag them onto your SD card somewhere safe, and then drag them back. And when you drag them back, you click the Create a Link or Create a Sim Link button instead of the move or copy button when you drag them back and that'll create basically these fake folders that don't take up any hard drive space but Steam will fill up those folders and all of the data will instead be sent to your SD card even though Steam still treats it the same as if it's like the actual folders uh, on the internal storage. And this is a great solution, and this works perfectly fine, and this fixed all of my problems. But any non-tech-savvy person picking up a Steam Deck as their first gaming PC after only owning a PlayStation or an Xbox or their mom's laptop is not going to have even the slightest technical know-how to go in and create a system link folder, especially finding it or knowing to google it and find the correct search results that'll point them in the direction of a tutorial on how to do it correctly which is even what i had to do this is just bad user experience and there should definitely be an option to have all of the shader cache data and all of the compatibility data automatically dumped on the sd card instead of The internal storage, because for people with a 64 gigabyte Steam Deck, but I have like a half a terabyte SD card in mine, your internal storage is going to fill up fast, and it's not going to be with games. It's going to be with save data, compatibility data, and shader compilation data. And it was a huge bummer because I genuinely thought my Steam Deck's like storage would go a lot further than this, and it does. But that was only after. (laughs) I went in and did a system link, which again is not something that an end user should normally have to do on this kind of a device, but that's sort of my main software gripes and praises for software updates on the Steam Deck. I am excited to see what they're going to do when the Steam Deck docking station comes out. I'm sure there's going to be lots of software updates around then. I know right as I was recording this podcast, they actually pushed a beta update that made it so you could scale the uh, the size of like the icons and everything in SteamOS when you're docked. So that's handy. Allegedly, that's for the Steam Deck docking station whenever that comes around, but basically that'll let you make the game icons and the button prompt icons and all that in gaming mode significantly larger in case you're running on a 4k tv where all of the icons were previously super tiny before so good stuff all we really need at this point is a resolution switcher and then docking should be quite a bit better hopefully they can do some like jerry rigging and make hot swapping work a little bit better too because it was really kind of hanging whenever i would unplug or replug in My monitor cables, so you know, we'll have to see. But I have high hopes Valve has been doing great work with the software so far. The big thing we need though is just a significantly more stable, streamlined game mode because it's buggy as shit and slow right now. Either Valve needs to fix it or somebody needs to program a replacement interface because I know they can do it because we've already seen people editing the SteamOS interface. So I think we're just eventually going to get to the point where somebody's just gonna flat out replace it. And for the love of God, Valve, I can do it on the Steam client, like on desktop, where I can make it automatically launch into my library instead of the store. Let me do the same thing on the Steam Deck, please. I don't care about what's new. I just wanna launch into my games as quickly as possible. Let me change the startup page to my library Please, and thank you. Okay, Uh, that's all of my software rants for now. In the last podcast episode about the Steam Deck, I was kind of talking about all these different games I was trying on the Steam Deck across a multitude of different genres as I was kind of starting to get a feel for what I thought worked well on the Steam Deck and what I thought didn't work so well, and I'd rather just play on my actual gaming PC. And I think I'm to the point now where I've kind of figured it out. I have some favorites now on the Steam Deck, and I've managed to get some games that were a little bit trickier to run, so... I've got a lot to share in the games category for today's episode first i want to go ahead and touch upon emulation again i mentioned in the previous episode but i definitely want to reiterate if you do have a steam deck and you want to get into emulating yes you can download and configure all the emulators yourself and it works perfectly fine but what i suggest is to use emu deck which is basically an all-in-one script that downloads pretty much any emulator you could possibly want and if you need to fill in the blanks with some standalone emulators downloaded later you can as well Um, and it pre-configures all of them for you and it conveniently creates folders on your sd card where you can place your roms and your bios files and your saves and etc and it also automatically downloads Steam ROM Manager so you can download artwork and add the games to your Steam, non-Steam game library. And it also automatically downloads now Emulation Station DE, which is basically similar to the front end that RetroPie uses, if you've ever used RetroPie on a Raspberry Pi before to emulate games. But all you really need to know is it's one, application that you launch from your Steam Deck that can house all of your emulated games and launch them accordingly, and it looks pretty attractive from a UI standpoint when it's doing so. Um, and I've kind of tried everything at this point. The only main emulator that I have not tried out that I do intend to try out is the PS3 emulator. I've heard performance performance on Skate 3, which is like the only game that I care about, is not too great. So I'll probably pick it up when they do improve that performance a little bit. Um, But otherwise, I've tried everything on the Nintendo side all the way up to the Wii U. Skipped out on the Switch for now too, I should say, but only because I don't really have any interest of playing any Switch games on my Steam deck since I've kind of not been in a huge phase with my Switch recently so and if I really wanted to play a Switch game I'm willing to admit it probably would just be a better experience on the actual Switch since I just have one anyway so you know to each their own though and if you do want to try out Switch emulation on a Steam Deck I've heard that it's pretty good and most games run fairly well so that's something to think about. But as far as like GameCube and Wii goes, I've had only good experiences, and everything that I've tried so far has worked perfectly out of the box, including Prime Hack, the custom version of the Dolphin emulator that allows you to run the Metroid Prime trilogy uh, with hacked like more modern FPS controls. That's really really fun on the Steam Deck. Um, And lots of other stuff, too. I've ran Breath of the Wild through the Wii U emulator, but as I mentioned before, right now it's about 40-50 FPS. A little bit sharper, but still technically 720p. I'd probably hold off until the native Linux version of Breath of the Wild releases, because that's when we're going to get really, really good performance and upscaling and stuff like that. And honestly, that's kind of the case with some of these other emulators as well. They already run pretty well, but they're going to run great once the Steam Deck optimized versions kind of come out, so something to think about. Um, And that's kind of really all I got to say about emulation. I found some really good tutorials for custom menus for RetroArch for the touchpads, so I could like move my finger across the touchpad to select different options on like a little quick menu to like save and load and things like that. So. If that's something that sounds interesting to you, maybe you should check that out. Um, And other than that, I really don't think I have anything else to say about emulation. There were a few games that were kind of sad performance-wise, and that includes, like, some of the Tony Hawks. I was having trouble getting them to run super smoothly, both with the GameCube versions and with the playstation 2 versions using the playstation 2 emulator it's just not really in a super great state right now and they don't seem to run super perfectly and i can't vouch for other games on the ps2 emulator because those are the only ones that i've tried but i know on the gamecube emulator there's plenty of first party titles that work flawlessly so it's probably just a tony hawk issue more than anything I do want to mention one of the games that I've been trying religiously to get run on the Steam Deck that still has not worked for me is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2. I've seriously been having some pretty big issues with the Tony Hawk games, which is a huge bummer because it's one of my favorite series of all time. But 1 Plus 2 in particular has been tricky because of the fact that it's not on Steam. And I have to download it through the Heroic Games launcher, which is like a third-party Epic Games client. And with all of the Proton versions that I tried, it just does not want to load up correctly, which is a huge bummer because I would love to play those games on the Steam Deck because I was kind of sad about how, like, low-resolution, I guess, the, um, the Switch port was. It runs great, and it looks good enough for the Switch. But I was spoiled because I played it for the first time on my gaming PC in 1080p, 120fps. So when I played it on the Switch and it was like 720p, 30fps, I was just like, oh my god, this is awful. And I was kind of hoping the Steam Deck could kind of be a slightly better middle ground and perform at least a little bit better than the Switch version so I could kind of make it a little more playable. Um, But that being said, it took some serious effort But I did manage to get Tony Hawk's Underground 1 and Tony Hawk's Underground 2 working near flawlessly on the Steam Deck using the PC versions. And the PC versions are kind of tricky to come by, like, on disc. They're not available for, like, retail sale on, like, Steam or anything like that. You have to buy the discs or know where to look, wink, wink. Um, But basically what I had to do was I had to get the game files themselves, add a no CD crack to the game, and then stick all of that into a folder and ship it off to my Steam Deck. And then the trickier part was selecting the correct version of Proton. For me, experimental was the best performance, but changing the graphics settings was tricky. Basically, you have to change the executable in Steam to the launcher, change all of your settings, including binding your gamepad, and then change it back to the game, and in addition to that, if you want the game to run at the native screen resolution of the Steam Deck, which I highly recommend, you have to download this uh, fan-made mod for Underground 1 and 2 that's called, like, Clown Something, but after I did that, it runs at native resolution, and it runs very, very well, and it looks perfectly sharp, And it's honestly a really, really great experience on the Steam Deck. I even have Vibration, which was nice. But admittedly, it's a lot more tricky than I would like to set up. And me being a diehard Tony Hawk fan and a diehard Steam Deck fan, it was fun and it was worth it. But I don't think anybody else is going to be going out of their way anytime soon to try running these games on the Steam Deck due to how difficult it was. And you're probably just better off sticking to the PlayStation 2 or the GameCube versions if you want kind of like a easier, more plug-and-play experience when it comes to running the Tony Hawks on the Steam Deck. Um, But, that being said, another game I've been having big trouble getting to run is The Sims 1. For some reason, I saw a video by Deck Wizard, I believe, that showed him playing The Sims 1 on the Steam Deck and I thought that that looked really, really awesome and so I went ahead and got my CD copy of The Sims Complete Collection that I own, got all the game files off of it and sent it to my Steam Deck in a similar way to the Tony Hawks, but unfortunately that did not work for me and I have not been able to get the game to run under Proton yet. And I didn't even bother looking at the description beforehand, because I figured it would be trivial, but when I did go back to that video, I looked it up, and it turns out Deck Wizard actually had quite a bit of issues getting it to run, too. And he ended up installing it using bottles, but I've been having a lot of trouble getting Lutris and bottles to work correctly, so I haven't really messed around with wine on the Steam Deck pretty much at all, so... If you're more savvy with wine than me, then your results may vary on that one a little bit. But I did try The Sims 4, and The Sims 4 works perfectly fine. Uh, you can get pretty decent battery life, too, if you're willing to run the game in laptop mode, um, because it minimizes the graphics, like, even lower than the lowest setting, and it makes the game very, very playable frame rate-wise, and it makes the game have really good battery life. So. Sims 4 is definitely good on the Steam Deck if you're willing to use the trackpad to control the mouse and all that, because obviously you're not getting the console edition controls, which it'd be nice if EA updated the Sims 4 and added the console edition controls to the PC version when you have a controller plugged in, but unfortunately that's not how it really works out. Um but some other games that I've tried that are not through Steam that are not like emulated games include the Ship of Harkinian which is the uh the fan-made PC port of Ocarina of Time and I can't shout out that project enough they're really doing great work they made the game uh playable at 60 FPS which is great They made widescreen support easy, and they have all these special tools like save editors and tons of things like that. Um, And honestly, playing Ocarina of Time through the PC port is probably now the definitive way to do it. And they're only planning further updates, including stuff like online multiplayer and easy texture pack installation and stuff like that. And I can't wait for that. Uh, And they're also working on a Steam Deck native version, but as it stands right now, I've tried it through Proton. And it works fairly well with some slight tweaks here and there. Uh, But honestly, I might hold out for the Steam Deck version before I give it a full proper try. And it's a little tricky to set up unless you have a Windows PC readily available. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, But let's see, other than that, have I tried or played anything super crazy. Something I want to try out is the Simpsons Hit and Run, because there's a huge community of modders behind the Simpsons Hit and Run on PC, Uh, and I'd love to do a playthrough of the Simpsons Hit and Run with the Donut Mod, because I haven't played all the way through the game with the Donut Mod, and that basically changes the game completely, so that's something that's sort of in the back of my head to try out at some point. Um, But other than that, I think that's the main PC non-Steam games that I've really tried out. Now, the Steam summer sale was fairly recently, and I should probably talk about some of the games that I got from my Steam Deck during that as well. Uh, and the main ones I want to shout out first, because I'm sure not a lot of people are thinking about them, are a lot of those classic PopCap games. PopCap made so many iconic PC games back in the day that I could spend probably the rest of this podcast Listing off their games and still only get through like half of them. But the big ones are games like Bejeweled, Plants vs. Zombies, Peggle, Zuma, you know, games like that. And pretty much all of the games I listed just now out of their like main hits work flawlessly on the Steam Deck as long as you're willing to deal with like some black bars because they were designed back when monitors were square. And stuff like that. But those pop cap games, specifically the likes of Peggle and Plants vs. Zombies, work really, really well for, like, pick-up-and-put-down kind of play sessions. And you can use the trackpad to control the mouse, and it works perfectly fine, in my opinion. Especially Peggle, there's some uh, custom fan-made controller configurations for the game that make it almost feel like native controller support. It's that good, so... Uh, really, really, really good experience out of the classic pop cap games. Uh, Super Hexagon, classic game. Uh, I already talked about this before, but Geometry Dash is another classic game. And it's marked as unknown on the Steam Deck, but it actually works perfectly well. And it's really, really fun. Um, another game that I've been playing is this rhythm game called A Dance of Fire and Ice. Which is more or less like hitting buttons to the beat of a song. And you like move along this like track and like uh, it's kind of hard to explain. You'd have to see it. But it's a rhythm game. Works really, really well on the Steam Deck. Very enjoyable. Excellent, excellent music. Um, and what else? I've got this Picross game as well. That's called like, uh, what's it called? Fuck. Oh, PictoPix. It's called PictoPix. Uh, let me just really quickly pull up my Steam library as well because I've got quite a few more that I want to list off that I picked up during the summer sale that I can't recommend enough. Um, let's see. Steam library. And, of course, it does not want to load right now. That's swell we're doing it live but we're failing. <laughs> well, fuck it. Um, let's see. I got my Steam Deck right here actually. And by the way, I'm parked in case anybody was wondering, I'm not I'm not checking my games out on my Steam Deck while I'm driving. That would be so fucking stupid. Um, I downloaded Bloons Tower Defense 6, which is self-explanatory. Mouse controls with the uh, touchpad are kind of iffy though um what else did i get on the sale that works really really good um mini motorways is super fun it's like a game where you have to like build uh roads that connect factories and buildings um let's see what else i think that's the main ones honestly i could also recommend ultra kill vampire survivors for obvious reasons uh, Yoku's Island Express is really fun. It's like a pinball open world adventure game that's 2D. Super fun. And then there's the big two I want to talk about. And really quickly, I'll start off by talking about this game called Wobbly Life. It's uh, not marked as verified or anything on the Steam Deck, but it works with some minor tweaks. Um, not perfect frame rate wise, but definitely super playable. And I'm sure if I tweaked the graphics more I could definitely get it to run at 60 FPS. But basically, it's like a very, very streamlined life sim minigame collection. And the idea behind the game is you kind of get kicked out of your grandma's house and you have to explore this massive open world island and you go to different locations and do little mini-games to get money, and the money allows you to buy clothes for your guy, you can buy new houses, you can buy new cars, and just all sorts of crazy stuff. There's tons to collect and do, surprisingly. Other than the jobs, you can also go like fishing, and you can sell your fish that you make for money, you can go treasure hunting, Um, You can do, like, quests for certain people, which is really fun. Like, you can find UFO parts and bring them to this secret science lab, and they'll build a UFO, and you can fly it around. There's a museum for you to fill up with different uh, relics you find around the island, and the island's pretty large. And you have to transport them all the way back, which can be kind of tricky from time to time. There's, like, this massive adventure island where there's, like, a giant temple with a dungeon you can go into... It's really just kind of like an underrated hidden gem of a game, honestly. And not only does it have online multiplayer, it also has split screen. And it's one of those games that I imagine, if I had friends, would probably just be like super fun to gather around the gaming PC, have a bunch of controllers plugged in, and you know, just kind of wander around. And you can tell some of the game is definitely designed with multiple players in mind. But there's, like, races you can do. And if you're by yourself, it's time trials. But if you have friends, you're racing against them. And the races range from, like, cars, go-karts, planes, jet skis, stuff like that. The possibilities in this game are endless. There's seriously so much content. And it's the perfect, like, background game... And you can just like do some taxi missions going around picking people up in one place and dropping them off at another to make some money while you have a youtube video going on on like another screen or another device and it runs fairly well in the steam deck the only caveat in my mind is the graphics settings are for some reason being saved with the steam cloud for the save game and that means that Whenever I change the graphics settings to work well on the Steam Deck, it completely fucks them up on my gaming PC, so I have to go in and change them again, which is pretty annoying to be honest with you. But, that being said, it is still very, very fun, and it's was on sale for like 12 bucks during the summer sale, um, but normally it's like 15 so that's definitely one to keep an eye out for, so... There's something for your consideration, and then the other game I want to talk about is a fairly new one, and I didn't get it on any huge sale on the Steam sale or anything like that, but it's so fun that I had to bring it up, and it works perfectly on the Steam Deck, and it's called Neon White. Neon White is like this awesome first-person shooter speed-running level game, I kind of almost feel like the easiest comparison is a game like Super Hot where you kind of have a specific path you're supposed to go through with the level, and you're trying to complete it as fast as possible. Except obviously there's not that super unique, like, time-only-moves-when-you-do mechanic, but there's tons of other super interesting mechanics, and they mostly have to revolve around, like, the soul cards, because the different soul cards your character has represent your different guns, and you can basically, on the fly, while you're doing, like, your little parkour and shit, rip up the soul cards and instantly gain an ability, like an extra high jump or a double jump, a dash forward or a dash in any direction. I know there's a grapple hook one later on in the game. I haven't gotten that far yet, and, like, there's tons of different stuff, and you can chain them together and all that jazz. There's a bomb, and you can do, like, a bomb launch like you can in like TF2 Um, and honestly it's just like a really really fun game to hop on and try and beat your high scores and I was playing it almost exclusively on my PC and then I saw it was Steam Deck verified so I downloaded it enabled gyro controls linked to work uh, with the camera stick rather than the mouse because for some reason this is one of those games that doesn't like to switch between mouse and keyboard very elegantly Um, But once I did link that up, gave myself a little bit of gyro to help with my aiming, even though it already has aim assist on controllers, I was playing just as good as on my PC, and I was even beating some of my PC times. So that's definitely, you know, a really, really good thing. And it's deck verified with a green check mark, so it's naturally going to be a really, really good experience. But I have to address the elephant in the room. It has a super stylized anime aesthetic and it can be a bit much sometimes especially with the dialogue and some of like the overtop, like sexual nature of some of the characters and it's one of those games where if you hate anime it's a shame because you're definitely not going to want to play this game because it's so anime and you're honestly missing out on a really really fun game but if you can like kind of skip the dialogue which all the dialogue is skippable and just focus on playing the game. Even if you don't like anime. You'll have a lot of fun with this one. It's so fun taking and tearing apart all the levels in your head. And trying to figure out the best route to finish them as quickly as possible. It's something that like I haven't really gotten in a lot of other games in a long time. And it's really, really interesting. And definitely the most easiest comparison is super hot for games that are popular. That people like, kind of know about. Because it's a similar premise, but it's a lot more fast paced. So, it's definitely one to check out, especially if you can deal with the anime aesthetic and you're interested in games that are like about speed and agility and kind of getting you thinking a little bit. So, but yeah, there's a little discussion about Neon White. Definitely check that game out. Do I have anything else I want to say game wise? Honestly. I guess I could just mention really quickly, if it wasn't clear from this discussion so far, all of the games that I've been playing on the Steam Deck are either old, emulated, or indie. I have not been the kind of guy to try and run GTA 5, even though it might be interesting to check out sometime, or even like newer PC games, because I just don't really care. If I want to play Resident Evil 8, Even though I know it works fine and perfectly well on the Steam Deck, I'd much rather just play it sitting at my desk, maximum resolution, maximum graphics, maximum FPS, keyboard and mouse, and you know, if that's how I want to do it, that's my cup of tea, but if you are somebody who has no gaming PC, but you do manage to get your hands on a Steam Deck, outputting the screen to a monitor is a perfectly reasonable way to play, I was playing the Tony Hawk's that I mentioned before, outputted to a monitor this morning, and I was using my PS5 controller. Perfectly smooth, perfectly responsive, and since it was an older game, I could upscale it a little bit to match the monitor resolution, and it did not lag. And it was just a great experience. And my HDMI adapter also has two additional USB ports, so if I wanted to, I could play like first-person shooters with a keyboard and mouse, output to a display off of my Steam deck. And if I didn't have my gaming PC, I know 100% I would be diving into trying to make, like, YouTube videos exclusively on the Steam Deck and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm very, very spoiled with my adult money, and I have multiple devices to do multiple purpose-built things now. And I'm so spoiled that childhood me would be, like, jealous that I'm not, you know taking full advantage of the fact that the steam deck could literally be a recording device for making let's play videos you know but i'm not at a point in my life anymore where i need to worry about that kind of thing because i have adult money and different pieces of tech now and it's it's really really nice but the steam deck's kind of grown on me and i think when i kind of left off at the end of the last podcast episode i was feeling kind of mixed Now it's been fully integrated. I kind of have figured out how I want to use it and when I want to use it. It's been really nice not having to purchase indie games twice. The first time when they come out on PC and then the second time after they become huge on the Switch to play them on the go. It's nice just having one device that plays like almost every game that I could possibly want to play. Because honestly... I was going through my list of like favorite games of all time recently, and almost all of them are on the Steam Deck already, will be on the Steam Deck, or are emulatable on the Steam Deck, which is super impressive. The game library for this device is insane, and a lot of stuff works better on the Steam Deck than on my actual gaming PC, due to the hard work Valve put into making the Proton compatibility layer so good. So yeah if you're in the market for a nice gaming pc and you already have your reservation in you'll probably really like the steam deck it's great it's the closest thing to a console that a pc has ever been but it's got the heart of a pc it's got the freedom of a pc and i definitely am a lot more positive on it now that i've got my replacement and i've been able to do some serious gaming time but yeah there's my thoughts on the steam deck after about a month and there's sort of my experience getting a replacement sent in, and you know, yeah. I think that's really all I gotta say about the Steam Deck for now. Obviously, I'll probably be back later, especially after the Steam Deck dock launches, so folks, have yourselves a great day. Stay tuned for more Steam Deck content, but I do plan on doing some other stuff as well, but yeah, I'll talk to y'all later. Bye bye